Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty In-Depth, episode 17. Apologize for the delay, but my co-host as always, Mr. Ryan, is now a father. Yes, yeah, as of June 10th, so yeah, apologies for the delay in the last episode. Well, you don't have um, to apologize. It's been it's been busy but great. So, any any tips for future father listeners? Um, I guess everybody says get sleep before, but yeah. with COVID, I feel like you know we've just been kind of like everybody's been just kind of like hanging out and resting for so long that that wasn't a problem. Hmm. So I I don't know I don't really have any advice. The sleep part hasn't been bad at all. And I'd how say much just, do you actually like? What's your sleep sleep schedule like? Well, we're recording here at 10 p.m., so I'm usually sleeping around 10 p.m., oh. and uh, I'm usually it's really not that different than normal, 10 to 5, usually. So your wife gets up and takes care of the baby? Like, don't they eat? I don't know. Yeah, but uh, L- Lily's nursing, so it's, you know, that's I'm not equipped to handle that part. So <laughs> if she's having a rough night or, you know, she'll wake me up if something's going on and like if she wants me to talk to her because it's the middle of the night and she's tired too, I'll do that. But usually it's usually it's ten to five, nice. Which was kind of my schedule before, so it really hasn't been any change. Wow, I'm sure future fathers would love to hear that. I don't know if that's always the case for babies. No, I wouldn't maybe? think so. Yeah, no. I keep hearing that I'm lucky. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Like ten to five. You'd be very lucky. But, I mean, you were getting up off and on before. Like, obviously, when your wife gets up to feed the baby, you're going to wake up, too. Yeah, I would say the first couple of weeks are, are kind of nuts. I mean, like, you you think you have this feeling like, oh, I can get all these things done because I'm going to be home for the longest stretch of my life, right? Like, I'm going to be home for weeks in a row. And you can't really get anything done. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a full-time job the first few weeks. So we're starting to get some schedules in place. And my wife and I are both pretty – type a so I'm, I'm thinking this is gonna have some good schedules and nice yeah yeah everything's been great when will the baby be on the podcast that's a great question um she's starting to coo and okay. talk a little bit so i think we could probably get some analysis there um so Maybe yeah some uh she can do some lead-ins with the cooing like yeah. uh break apart some of our uh some of our segments it'll be a baby baby ryan coo yeah, I had I already sat her down and told her about like later round tight ends. She was kind of getting interested in some of the good. tight ends early, and I told her like that's just insane. I mean, oh, you can't do that. So I'm glad you're teaching her early about waiting on tight end. Uh, speaking- what else is going on in the world other than just uh, you know the? I'm sure there'll be plenty more episodes after episode 17 and before episode 17 that we talked about COVID, but we're starting to get some football news, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stadiums are saying that they're going to be at partial capacity. Ma- masks on are mandatory for all NFL stadiums. I think that makes sense. Uh, we have some other sports, so at least we have baseball, basketball, and hockey all going to happen before the NFL season. Kind of see how it plays out. Make sure I don't know it can actually happen. I don't know. Football is so much more contact sport than baseball. I see baseball players out there with masks. I'm already hearing football players are like, I saw Oakley developed, I think it was Oakley developed like a COVID mask under the helmet. And a lot of players are like, no, I, I wouldn't play if I have to wear that. 
Wow. We won't think about that. Yeah. Uh, I don't have high hopes for college football, which is really a bummer because that's what we love, especially in a dynasty league, the college into the NFL. Maybe there's some sort of abbreviated season. We're also hearing good things about a vaccine out of yeah. Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson, a lot of these uh, Oxford. Uh, so you think the only chance there would be like, maybe they pushed the season to the spring and, and some stuff's in place by then or college. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you get all the teams across the country, like PAC 12 from PAC 12 to sec to big 10 to the big 12 all over the country. When you have different, uh, caseloads all around the country like sec like florida's a hot spot california's a hot spot the northeast where kind of the big 10 plays isn't as much as a hot spot right now but governors in those states wouldn't want schools from other parts of the country to come in and play for yeah. fear of it spreading we were we're both from pittsburgh and originally the blue jays were supposed to come play here because toronto they weren't allowing teams to go, uh, from the U.S. to go up there and play, and Pennsylvania wouldn't allow it them to play at PNC Park, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. So there's a lot of those kind of boundaries, but with the NFL, I think it's more since it's controlled by one kind of governing body, Roger Goodell, which he hasn't really done anything, but in general, it's ruled by a governing body which maybe has a little bit more control. So I have more hope for the NFL season. Yeah. I was just reading an article about Wisconsin said that if the season gets canceled, I mean, they'd be looking at a hundred million dollar loss for the academic program and how basically all, all I'm sorry, not academic athletic program and how all athletic, all Wisconsin athletics would be at risk then. Yeah. Um, and the ripple effect of is just, it's just, but the problem with college is the students. You have to have all the students on campus to have the football season. Versus the NFL doesn't have to worry about students. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I wish the NFL would just come out and say no fans this year. Just be proactive. They did say new preseason games. I guess that kind of helps. It'll be interesting to see what the injuries like. Are the are the coaches going to let training camp let them hit a little bit more during training camp? What's the injury situation look like? But yeah. I really just don't know what to think right now. And I'm hearing 80 players in training camp, which is kind of a bummer for some of the free agents. Yeah. Maybe the uh, some undrafted free agents we were thinking about during the draft. Not going to have a chance this year. That's a bummer. And like I said, because every state has different regulations, every owner is going to decide how. I agree with you. There shouldn't be fans. Or, you know, if there's going to be fans, keep them top level. I mean, I, I, I guess no fan, no drunk, no drunk Steeler fan <laughs> who's been tailgating for six hours is going to keep a mask on at the stadium no. and then wait. So they're still going to sell food and, and beer at the stadium. So what people can take the mask off when they're eating and drinking, that's the whole game. Well, in Pennsylvania, in order to have a beer, you have to order food right now. So they oh, have well, to get they... food to get a drink, right? That'd be that'd be quite an expensive beer. <laughs> you, you you thought a twelve dollar Miller Light was robbery already? Wait till you have to buy ten dollar food too. A ten dollar hot dog to go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what a dollar beer. You know, I feel. I you know I don't know. I'm just I'm scared for college. It's just such obviously a big part of 
students' lives and the athletes' lives, but just the universities of small towns that these universities exist in. Um, I mean, obviously, the ripple effect, you know, we're the outer, 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 outer edges of the ripple effect. And But, you know, just top to bottom, just such a bummer. As Penn State fans, all those small restaurants and everything, they rely so much on yep. the college football season, the sto- little stores that are in State College. It's It's a great atmosphere, but... Yeah, it's uh, – who knows? I mean, maybe I could see a season, students only, if you keep the students away. From, I mean, if students have COVID and they don't, I don't know, like infect the players and players don't infect the students, I, you know, maybe there could be a season. I don't it's really just, know it's, how it's going to work. Dude, you remember being in college. There's no way these people are going to be separate on campus. Yeah. The first student to test po- – the first student athlete to test positive is just going to – well, for a wrench in- Penn State right now has one full thousand student building set aside for player across like all of their campus quarantine. So if you okay. have that, you can go to that uh, that building. Wow. Yeah, it's it's so it's, a logistical nightmare. It yeah, definitely it is. A positive we have in addition to your baby is startup draft season and we were a part of a startup that you actually found and it yeah. was uh it was a lot of fun it was a 12 team ppr super flex startup you started two running backs three wide receivers one tight end obviously one quarterback two flexes and then the super flex position just a huge starting lineup by the way for a 12 team. for a 12 team yes yes that's a i big... was just scrolling through twitter one day and and someone posted about a startup and i had an itch we've talked about having an itch for a while to get into a new league and yeah it just seemed to work out but definitely interesting with the giant lineups three wide receivers two flex super flex i mean super flex should be standard at this point but just just a very interesting interesting uh and and it was 30 rounds too yeah just i mean it it was pretty fun that's a it's a lot of players. There's uh three ta- three ta- two taxi spots, two IR spots. Yep. Yeah. It was a lot of players. I've, I've already I've already used an IR spot on Kelvin Harmon. <laughs> it's uh yeah. So we wanted to kind of go through that draft since it is startup draft season and maybe, you know, if football doesn't happen, dynasty startup drafts could happen all year long, right? Yeah, this would be a this would be like the first time ever that if you've been in dynasty leagues that you kind of were faced with this, and it'd be interesting to see the strategies that come from it. Yeah, definitely. And seasonal, if there's no football, seasonal leagues won't happen. So maybe we have startups through next year. So we kind of wanted to go through the startup, our strategies, uh, player values, surprises, things we saw places you could take advantage of in your startup do you have any kind of just to start us off with the startup high level takeaways from this draft uh yeah i mean i guess just looking through the draft board i just it's a good and a bad thing um and obviously we're a part of this is that there's just so much fantasy information out there now whether you're in an auction league whether you're in an idp league no matter what you play in the the information is just there's so much good information out there and i kind of miss the days where you had those couple guys that were not really highly sought of maybe you know not not quite yet um 
stars in the league that you could kind of put in your back pocket and take later in drafts. And it just yeah. feels like it's harder and harder. I mean, there almost seems like there's no sleep. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe there's just no sleepers anymore. I actually have my number one point was there are no sleepers. Oh, and okay. After that, my comment, like, so the first thing I thought whenever I was going through this, like, like you said, whenever I started in fantasy, I started in 2005. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was like, back then there wasn't i was reading box scores like everyone else there wasn't all these sites and all this data and all this information but now there's no sleepers and i think to get an advantage you have to reach for players you think are going to take a big step that other players aren't and that could totally screw you over yeah in dynasty i mean you got to take chances and it's it you know i don't it's tough you you kind of blend between taking chances on your guys early, like you said, um, or, you know, you're kind of ADPing it with you could ADP veterans it, and stuff. Everyone else is ADPing it. And yep. so like I could ADP it and then end up, you know, finishing fifth in the league for the next five years yep. or take a chance and I'm wrong and mm-hmm. end up at the bottom of the league or end up right and go for the top. So I think that's why you, ha- you just have to reach – for players you think are going to make that big jump. Something else I had was RB falls off so fast. Yes, it does. It goes from interesting to uh maybe could be my RB2 to, oh my gosh, I can't start this player. Yeah. Uh, big tears for wide receivers. Like the wide receiver pool is getting very deep. Yeah. And – also, I thought mid-level quarterback and tight end tiers are not very exciting, and it's too expensive. The like, I think Wentz and Baker, uh, I think they're good players. That level, Goff, a couple other ones. That, oh, Burrow, Baker, Wentz. I think they're good players, but in a super flex league, they went higher than I would want versus other positions and other players. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't, I agree with that, all of that. I mean, I, running back's more important now than it ever has been. Um, and I've even, in the last couple of years, shifted my strategy. I mean, we've seen the ebbs and flows of wide receiver, running back. Um, and, I mean, even now, I've historically always been a wide receiver guy. And even now, I mean, the running back position is just more important than it ever has been in fantasy, um, especially with running backs catching passes like they are now. And the real problem for the wide receivers is that the, the alpha wide receiver, they're, they're still out there, some of them. But, I mean, the teams are just stretching the field with three wide receivers all the time. So, I mean, the yeah. wide receiver position is so deep. I mean, you look at the top 20, you're like, yep, give me any of them as my wide receiver one. Yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden you're at wide receiver 42 and you're like, yeah, I'll, that guy could be my wide receiver three. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but running back – you get to running back 15 or 16 and you're like, geez, like I don't love that guy's my RB two. And then you're like a 12 team that's out to 24. So yeah. you really start to, you, <laughs> you really start to get in trouble. Yeah. If, if, if you're waiting on the running back, that 14, 13, 14, 15 could be RB one. If you go quarterback, tight end, whatever. And uh, you don't feel great about it. One other thing I noticed is, Rookies are went higher than I expected. Yeah. In this draft, uh, I, I was a culprit. Expect- I was a culprit of that a little bit. <laughs> you you uh, did get your boy CD Lamb. Uh, 
not only wide receivers, they definitely went higher. And I guess it's just the potential. It's it's yeah. always the potential. I mean, we don't know what it's going to be. Could be better than what this other player was. Running backs. I mean, I get chasing that rookie running back because you have to. Yep. I mean, you you can't rely. I mean, I guess you could rely on Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson as your RB one and two, but you don't feel good about it. Not for the next three years. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree, and and I talk about it all the time. Is sometimes if I have guys right next to each other, um, I know we talked about like guys like Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. Do I think Jonathan Taylor's a better prospect? Definitely. Um, but sometimes when you have these guys right next to each other, and and I know we all love the rookies and we all have rookie fever, but you go through the years that the bust risk is real. Yeah. And I, I love so many players in this rookie class and I, and I just know uh, several of them are going to miss hard. Yeah. Um, and we don't know who they are, but you got to kind of think about that in the back of your mind also, because rookie fever is, is, is a lot. We talked about that, especially during our wide receiver episode and mm-hmm. they just went, uh, they went so high. Jerry Judy, Jalen Rager. Yeah. I love like even Chenault, T Higgins, all those players went so high versus wide receivers. We know, especially this upcoming year, if there is a season, they're not going to get the practice that they would have as rookies and rookie wide receivers don't hit in general anyway. So you're looking to maybe three years down the road. AJ Brown last year was a, a unicorn. He was, uber efficient way too efficient based on his targets and people just they see that and that's just like okay well what guy's doing that like they just assume who's next to make that jump from yeah the eighth pick in your rookie draft to the 15th pick in your startup draft you know what i mean or like that just that doesn't happen no people assume it does it was like 2014 and then aj brown yeah i mean it's just recency buys yeah Let's talk a little bit of uh, draft strategy, and I'm sure there's been – we've listened to lots of podcasts about this. But I think it was interesting going through it and looking at the teams trading up versus the teams trading down. What do you think adds more value to the team, and is there a time to do e- like each? Like, Is there a time – like, do you trade up early on and trade down later on or vice versa? Do you have a – any suggestions for our listeners? I am a big fan of the Patriots draft style, which means if I don't love a guy on the board, and, and I know there's been a lot of talk too. I, I think fantasy Twitter is bored. So um, we talk a lot about rankings and tiers. I'm definitely a tier guy. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's fun to argue about, you know, wide receiver 14 versus 15 and where they slot in versus 16. We need to kill time. Right, exactly. But, I'm a big tier guy. So for me, I, I like trading down as much as possible, but as long as I'm kind of within my tiers. So if I'm sitting on the board and I've got a big tier there of 12 to 14 players that I'm comfortable with at the same level, like I'm certainly looking to move down. Conversely, if I'm a couple picks away and there's a guy I really like who's kind of the last guy in that tier, especially for a position, like I'd be looking to move up. Yeah. Um, but I do think moving back in general – um, definitely adds more value to your team. You just got to be careful 
with moving back too much, I think, because um, I know we've talked about this, but like you really do need some high ceiling kind of studs on yeah. your team. And then sometimes I find myself trading back, trading back, trading back. And, and you love all these picks, but then you get to your 14th, you have all these 14, 15, 16th round picks. And then you're like, I don't even have roster spots for all these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in general, I like to trade back and then kind of move up when I have that guy on the board that is, you know, maybe the edge of my tier and I kind of want to grab him. Definitely. I think like you were saying to wrap, kind of put a bow on it make it easy for our listeners trading down, especially early adds value to your team, your overall value of the team, especially when you're in the middle of tiers or you just miss a tier and you're like, Oh, start of a new tier, especially you want to trade down. I would say like going through, I looked through a bunch of startup drafts. I could never see myself trading up before round seven. It's just every trade I saw was always too expensive and it doesn't add enough value to my team to make it worth it. And that's just like a general thing for a general 12 team, super flex league. Mm-hmm. I mean that seven, eight, if you're trading up from like seven to round six or five, that's just, it costs a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And like the players in that range, I don't know what you're reaching for. You could probably get a comparable player Mm-hmm. in that round versus trading up for it. So that's just uh, kind of a rule of thumb I have. And we had players in our league that traded up multiple times in the first round, and mm-hmm. and you you end up really top-heavy that way. Yeah, I mean, there was one guy in our – and I know we'll keep go through this, but there was one guy that has Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas. Which is and awesome you, in a 12-team. But. Sure, but – you look at the rest of his lineup and it's like, you see these huge gaps in his board where he just has no picks. And then all of a sudden, I mean, he's starting Denzel Mims as his wide receiver three. I mean, and an injury to either of those players and your season's over. Yeah. I mean, in a league where you have to start three wide receivers, he's starting Denzel Mims at wide receiver three from day one. That's kind of frightening to me. Yeah. But yeah, no, I get you for sure. I, 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 if any position, I'm going to probably move up for a running back. Um, especially with, oh my God, the wide receiver, just, I know we've talked about it, but there's so many wide receivers. Um, I'm most likely to move up for a running back, but, or, you know, I guess you'll find yourself in a situation and I know we'll talk about what was that round eight, the quarterbacks in round eight, where you kind of get that sick feeling in your stomach when eight of them go off the board in one round and you're sitting there without a QB two. And that, that certainly could be a time to move up as well. Um, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, so along kind of with that, like you said, there's definitely tier drop-offs in the draft. Would you be okay with going through some of the positions and talking about where you – we kind of did it a little bit with the rookies. How about – do you want to go through maybe with the positions from this startup, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, kind of just a high level, some of your tier drop-offs? And uh, maybe I'll start. We can start with quarterbacks. Uh, in our in our startup, there were six quarterbacks in the first two rounds, and like I get the the big, kind of the big three of Lamar, Mahomes, and Kyler right. Murray. Uh, you know, maybe that might be worth it to reach for. But then, like we talked about earlier, we have Wentz. 
Allen, Burrow, Baker, kind of that tier in the round three to five. And then we have the other starters and I'm actually feel better about waiting for those other starters. So we have like kind of three levels of tiers almost. I mean, there's yeah. other within that, but there's really the, the top ones that are probably probably going to go in the first round. And that's the three. And then, um, Deshaun Watson and Dak, they're going to go round one or two. And then that round three to five kind of doesn't interest me as much. Like, if I'm going to take a chance, maybe at the end of the first, beginning of the second round, maybe I do take if one of them falls, like Dak or Kyler. If Kyler would have felt at the beginning of the second, maybe you take a chance on him. But they're kind of three clear tiers for me. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm really, I can't express you. <clears throat> any tier we talk about for any position today or tonight. The tier two quarterbacks is the least interesting tier to me by far. Um, like you said, uh, to, to be honest, I traded out of the first for a second and a fourth. So I had two seconds and Dak went a couple spots before me, but he was definitely in the back of my mind. Um, I'd be more interested in taking that Dak Russell Wilson in the second round that I, that I would ever be interested in taking third, fourth, fifth of the Josh Allen's to the Daniel Jones type of guy. I'm just not interested in that at all. Um, but then I just, I don't know. I mean like Russell Wilson went at two eleven, and Josh Allen went four picks later. Like that's yeah. insane. That's just crazy to me, but I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm not likely to, to jump into the first tier of quarterbacks, but way more likely than the second tier. Um, there's yeah. just no way I would ever do second tier. Burrow's up there and Baker. And then, so moving on to like the running backs, we saw and we talked about it. There's the big four running backs. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara. And Kamara went a lot later. I just missed him. Man. Yep. Thinking about <laughs> number fine. 10. Wish I could have got him. That's fine. And then, like, to me, there's some players that like more than others, but there's, I don't know, maybe 12-ish running backs, maybe 10-ish running backs. After that, I feel okay about my running back, like, as a running back 1-2. Like, yeah. They're not the elite running backs. I feel comfortable with them. But if you wait after that, it almost feels like dart throws. There's, like, 13 more players, Gurley, Montgomery, Hunt. Gordon Bell, if one of those are your that, those are those are those are equivalent to tier two quarterbacks for me. Yeah, like what what do I want Gurley for in the startup? Like for like to overpay for maybe one season? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think one of my main takeaways was you need an RB one and your RB two by round four. Totally agree. Yeah, it, I, it, I'm I I really 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 want my RB one and two in the top fifteen running backs. Yeah. That makes me like sleep well at night. Yeah. I mean, you could go four running backs in this, in a startup round one through four <laughs> and probably turn out. Okay. Year one. I don't know that, especially with the way wide receivers, but I, I think you definitely need two two running backs by round four. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, Moving on to like the wide receivers, like to me it was interesting with the top four, 
there's it's like a weird mix of aging wide receivers and off field issues to me where obviously Thomas is a tier above, but you also have the you want your wide receivers to you take them because you think they're going to last. And I think Thomas will last, but he's going to lose Breeze, and they had a real connection. And Thomas isn't – I mean, he's going to be 28, which isn't old, but it's not young. You have Adams, kind of the similar boat. Tyreek Hill, yeah. for, I mean, he's a first-round startup. You have off-field issues. And then Hopkins, you have kind of the change in teams. He's been so good. So you have those top four that I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in spending a, a first-round pick on them. And then you kind of have these young – I have my, in my notes young guns. DJ Moore, Godwin, Juju, A.J. Brown. I'm kind of more interested in those. And then I have mid-high-tier wide receivers of Cooper and Evans. So any of those young guns in the mid-high-tier wide receivers, I kind of want to get, I want to get one of those mixed in with my running back. Yeah, I agree. I uh, Hopkins went at wide receiver two in this draft. Um, I just I, I couldn't agree more. I'm definitely not. I mean, I have like the Godwins, the DJ Moores, the Juju's, uh, the AJ Browns. I mean, would you take all four of those guys over Hopkins? Yes. Yeah. Would you take all four of those guys over Adams? No. I don't know. It'd be close. That's tough. I, I don't know really where I sit on Hopkins and Adams, and I guess I don't really care because I would never take either in a startup. But, yeah. like, I don't really get the Adams thing. Um, I get that he's the only show in town, but, like, he's the same age as these other guys, like Thomas and Hopkins, but, like, he just hasn't really had the same sustained ceiling as the other ones. No. I mean, he's had so a nice like, floor. But not he's definitely ceiling. more He's definitely more tied to Aaron Rodgers than Hopkins is tied to his quarterback or Michael Thomas is tied Absolutely. to his quarterback. I mean, Michael Thomas's a dot is like three. So like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like I could throw it, I could throw to Michael Thomas um, and Tyree kill. He's just not the type of guy I'm interested in period. Um, but I I've got DJ Moore and Chris Godwin and Juju. I've got them ranked above a lot of these kind of elite veterans anyway. So yeah. I'll be happy to take them in the second and third rounds. Absolutely. And then I, 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 I had mid high tier, of Cooper and Evans because I had them above because after that there's like 20 players I I'm fine yep. with there's yep. the DJ Shark the bunch of Debo before the injury uh, there's a ton of players Cortland Sutton Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay like a lot of players that are really good but there's like 20 players there that I'm interested in uh, and then the upside for me like there's that the aging off field top four there's the young guns there's those players, and then there's 20 more players that I'm good with. And then after that, it's like still upside. Yeah. Still upside later on in the draft. Do you feel like Kenny Galladay was one of those guys for you that um, that you took at 4-2? Do you think he's one of those kind of like secret guys who if you um, – you know, we don't do a lot of like forced hot takes on here, but – um, you know, f- flash forward, let's say the 2020 season happens and let's flash f- forward to 2021. Um, who's getting taken in the startup first, Kenny Galladay or DeAndre Hopkins? I would think Galladay. I, I actually agree. And I that's probably hot takey, but I feel like Galladay at 4-2 is one of those guys that you're investing in and saying like, this is one of my flag guys that, you know, I can get him in the fourth round 
but I think Stafford he's probably were... a second rounder next year in next year's startup. Yeah. I mean, him and Stafford were connecting so, so much early on in the season. And then he continued. He had 10 touchdown catches from David Blair. David Blair. And who was the other quarterback? Uh, Jeff Driscoll. Driscoll. Yeah. Driscoll. Yeah. I mean, he. So he he was he was PPR wide receiver nine last year, and I think Stafford only played four or five games. I saw. I mean, you know, you're not gonna we're not gonna extrapolate a couple games in the whole season, but I did see that Kenny Galladay's extrapolated stats last year with Stafford were something like fourteen hundred and sixteen. I'm ready. There's something ridiculous like that. Yeah, exactly. Not ridiculous. Could happen. And then when he's a first round pick, I'm selling him because he's twenty six. This 26 and a half or something this year be 27 next year sell them get my big profit cha-ching yeah rinse and yep. repeat big fan of kenny galladay yeah so moving on final kind of tears through this draft is tight end to me it's similar to quarterback kittle and kelsey early there's some mid-tier tight ends like Ertz and ingram that i'm not interested in similar to the quarterbacks with baker and josh allen and I'm gonna wait until the double digit rounds. Yeah, I mean to get my I don't tight think, end. I think every single person that watches the NFL and follows football loves George Kittle, right? We all love George Kittle. He's the man. Like yeah. he's super fun to watch. Seems like a cool guy, but like yeah, I mean, give me the tenth round tight ends. Give me I feel the same way about tight end as I do quarterback. Like my quarterback strategy is often like wait till the eighth round and then take one in the eighth and the ninth tight end 11th and 12th i sometimes these like i sometimes i just double up one i'm like later yeah yeah but like holy crap give tj hawkinson at 10.2 jeez hawkinson, goddard. and i took goddard at 11.5 yeah i mean i mean we're a year or two away from those guys being irv kelsey and Ertz. i mean yeah i mean you can get two of them and hope one of them hits uh even our boy Mike Jacecki, yeah, yeah, State definitely. alum, got Tua down there. He was another late round, super athletic tight ends. One of them will pop. Yeah, just, just grab collect two them. or three of them. I mean, you can get three of them. They're I like Pokemon, man. Just collect them all. <laughs> like Pokemon, yeah. <laughs> so, so we wait to there. I mean, did the tears? So get so we so get your running backs, wide receivers deep as hell. And tight ends and quarterbacks, let's, you know, especially quarterback, I'm going to keep an eye on the situation, but like, I like waiting till at least the sixth, seventh, eighth round. Yeah. Okay. Seventh, eighth round, you know, and tight end, look at, start looking in the ninth or 10th, maybe. And this is a 12 team super flex single yep. tight end. Not, not tight end premium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this league had three starting wide receivers in addition to the two regular flexes. Did that affect your strategy at all? No, it didn't. Not three. Um, no, I mean, just absolutely not. I still, I, I, the best case scenario would, with the two flex is that you're starting four running backs. So that's your best case scenario, even in a PPR, I think. So um, no, not at all. I yep. still want to, wide receiver so deep, I knew I could just keep going to the well. I agree. Uh, definitely running back value stayed the same. I would say, I felt like maybe quarterback and tight end got pushed down a little bit. Yeah. Because maybe wide receiver – because we were getting uh, Stafford. What It was like Stafford and Darnold in the 
ninth, tenth round. That was the eighth round. The eighth, eighth round, round had eight, eight quarterbacks went in the eighth round. I mean, round. their startup is like fifth or sixth round. So yeah, it was pretty incredible. Might have pushed them down a little bit. Yep. So, what was a favorite player pick and least favorite player pick on your team and why? Oof. Um, my favorite player pick on my team was probably Aaron Rodgers at seven five. That's a good one. Um I that was my QB one and I actually really wasn't intending to take a quarterback there, but he just kept falling. And I think that the fantasy community is often pretty fickle um and reactionary. Um just like we can move Juju up from everybody's freaking wide receiver one in Dynasty and now he's wide receiver twelve. Like, you know, the, People just yeah. move around like crazy, but Aaron Rodgers has told us that he want to play. He wants to play in his forties. Um, everybody hates him. His family hates him. Um, <laughs> he, like everybody, he's just gonna keep playing football. Like, he he can't get along with anyone. So like this is his life. And um, got rid I think of distract the, beautiful distractions like Olivia Munn. Yes, and um, I get the love pick is I guess people were down on that, but um, well, if it doesn't Jordan matter. Love I mean, is, Rodgers is gonna go somewhere. That's what I'm saying. Like, even if they want to move on from him, like that's a good thing because yeah. that He'll team has no idea how to assemble talent. So, yeah, when he's the quarterback of Denver in 2021, we'll we'll, we'll talk. But that but was Ryan, my favorite. He only had 25 touchdowns, like four four thousand yards and 28 28 touchdowns, but yeah. also three interceptions last year in a down yeah. year. Yeah, he was he was quarterback nine, even yeah. in like what we consider like just this awful year. He was terrible. It's pretty crazy, but yeah, I was, I, let's just say I usually have very just across the board bad quarterbacks on all of my teams. Redraft, dynasty, keeper, all my quarterbacks usually stink. Um, and I get it in dynasty; he's older, he's thirty six. But like, I was kind of thrilled to see him at the top of my lineup right now. Is something that I don't often see, like <laughs> a quote unquote potentially elite quarterback sitting there. So I was pretty happy about that at the seven five. So, what was your least favorite player pick? You know, my least favorite player pick was um, I took Tyler Boyd at 6'8". That's pick 68. You know, when I was just looking through my draft, that was my least favorite pick. It's just not sexy at all. It just didn't really pop to me. But then when I kind of dug into it a little bit more, I was like, I'm fine with that pick, especially as my wide receiver. um, That was my wide receiver four at the time. Um, You know, it's just not sexy. I'm hoping Burrow kind of elevates the offense. I can't imagine A.J. Green is a long-term staple there. Um, we don't know what Higgins is going to be, but he profiles more of a uh, of an X receiver. And um, I think Tyler Boyd being kind of a you know the big slot, that's something in the NFL that can certainly work. Um, and still age twenty-five with with a lot of accomplishments under his belt. You know, I don't know. It's not sexy. I, I wasn't like thrilled with the pick. It was one of those times where you get on the board and you're like, nobody wanted to trade and. But, you know, I was pretty uh, – I'm not horrified by it. Yeah. So you you said your least favorite player, but then you were like, oh, it was actually a good pick. Good one, Ryan. Well, here's the thing, too. Like, I took C.D. Lamb the, the round before, so I kind of I kind of backed into him as kind of like the bridge to Lamb, for at least right. for, no, that makes for sense. a time period. Not that Tyler Boyd's 30, but it's just – I don't know. I don't know what Tyler Boyd's ADP is. It just kind of felt wrong there for some reason. Yeah, so my favorite pick, and I'm sure you won't be surprised, was Christian Kirk. And I actually yeah. maybe – I think I picked him above 
general ADP, I pick him at pick 62, wide receiver 27. Uh, his ADP is pick 96 for super flex, according to DLF, wide receiver 36. To me, I think he could be a wide receiver 1-2 by the end of the year. I think Hopkins will help. He has a very similar career track to Godwin thus far. If you look at statistically, especially the advanced statistics, he's still only 23. Last year, he got hurt. He was dealing with a high ankle sprain. This is his second year with Kyler, who is a young stud quarterback, which will help. I think even if he doesn't reach his ceiling, which I think could be wide receiver 1-2, he could be a valuable wide receiver 3 for multiple years, kind of the mm -hmm. what you just said, the Tyler Boyd sort of 1,000 yards, 6-7 touchdown sort of player. I Especially think, in PPR. Yeah, in PPR. That could be a mid-level result, but I think his ceiling's way higher than where I picked him. And I could be wrong. This is one of those things I talked about earlier. You know, you got to pick a player. I believe in his profile. I believe in what he's done so far when he's been on the field. Besides throwing rocks at trains whenever he was high that one time. Other yeah, than that, he's been great. We've all been there. <laughs> uh, least favorite pick was David Johnson. There is zero upside with that pick. But he is a three down back without a rookie. About to take mm -hmm. over. I also grabbed Duke Johnson and possibly later, like rounds 20 or 17 or something. Great quarterback, consistent offense. Carlos Hyde had over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns last year. You know what? Sometimes you just need that RB2 slash three to fill a spot. You don't feel good about it, but he was the last three down back on the board and I had to take him. Yeah, but here's the th and here's the thing too about David Johnson is like here's the guy here's the running backs taken after him Zach Moss, Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle, Karrion Johnson, Raheem Mostert, Jordan Howard. I mean, none of them are like I don't know what else starters right now. Yeah, like if you, I mean, none of that really appeals. So I don't. I think David Johnson and Christian Kirk. You took him at six two. He probably would have been my pick at six eight instead of Boyd. Um, I. I think Christian Kirk, I don't understand his ADP. I'm, I'm a little confused by that. When yeah. I see guys like Marquise Brown go before him, Jalen yeah. Rager go three spots after him, why would you take Jalen Rager over Christian Kirk? I don't understand that. They're the same player, um, except one's a rookie and one has two years' experience. Yeah, and one has Very Kyler same. Murray. Yeah. He's going to throw 600 times. Um, I don't know. And we already know, like, I'm, again, bust risk, bust risk, bust risk. So, like, Jalen Rager might be good, but, like, I don't know. He doesn't seem to me like he doesn't seem to have the floor that Christian Kirk had coming into the league. Like yeah. we knew Christian Kirk, we knew he was going to be like a pseudo golden Tate. If you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was just who he was going to be. I mean, that's what he was morphed to be. Like Jalen Reger has a huge high ceiling, but he definitely doesn't have the floor that Kirk has. No. So I like the Kirk pick. I, I think that I'm I'm shocked by his ADP at 90 some. I, I just don't understand looking at the players taken around him. I, I don't understand why you'd want any of them. You, okay, well, let me said, let me you ask you. Get the upside. Yeah, let me ask you about Tyler Boyd real quick. So the guys I was struggling with um, was Lockett and Landry. Where do you stand with Boyd, Lockett, and Landry? Flip a coin. Yeah, I mean, I kind of I, I think I was Boyd, going with the Burrow. Boyd was his safest pick with some upside because of Burrow. Mm -hmm. Landry, 
I like him like he is a safe pick, but with the injury he had, that's kind of kind of makes me nervous a little bit. And yeah. Lockett I mean, he also had an injury to end the year. I think I think they're all very close. Boyd's got two and a half years younger than both of them too, which Boyd just got paid too, by the way. Yeah. That, that all kind of came into it for me. But again, this wasn't sexy. What about Terry McLaurin? Sorry to keep it on this track, but would you go Terry McLaurin or Boyd? Boyd. Yeah, me too. Okay, cool. Uh, so what uh, what player was drafted higher than you expected in this draft? Um, I would say Josh Allen at pick 27. I yeah. just, I know we've kind of plowed this road before but i just i just don't get that i i don't personally see him as a long-term nfl starter so to take him a couple spots after russell wilson um and taking him before juju cooper took him before wentz i mean if you can take a quarterback there before baker um i didn't love sorry i've got a couple I, i really didn't like herbert at pick 85 um this started the round eight quarterback run of Herbert, Goff, Darnold, Stafford, Locke, Cousins, Garoppolo. No, I'm a known no. I'm a known Locke hater, but like Justin Herbert's dead last in that group. Um, I don't understand why that happened either. Yeah. Um, so those were two picks. Mike Evans to me was a little weird. He went at pick 21. His ADP is 33. I know he's produced at some this historical rate. I don't know. I just I just didn't. What wide receiver it. was he off the board? You know, off the top of your head. Yeah, give me one second. One, two, three, six. six. I mean, that is, yeah, yeah. that's that's Seems high deep. for me. But the thing is, like, he he went he went right before Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor. I don't know, like AJ Brown. I don't know. It's that would be really hard for me to take him there. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of some of the players I had. He has been historically good, but you can't historically great. Yep. future production off of past performance. We see it all the time. For me, uh, I, I have a couple Eckler. Yeah. Kind of surprised me. I don't hate the pick, but he went 22 overall at RB10. Yeah, that's quite a ceiling for it, him. I'm just... There's no more upside to that. I mean, he... He had 11 touchdowns last year. He'd have to get to that because to reach this. So I don't see where the upside is in that. Herbert Herbert might only get them in the red zone 11 times. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I I mean we 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 loved Eckler last year, beginning of last year, middle of last year. But man, is RB 10? I I just don't see it. I mean, he's a he's a third down back that is a really good third third down back and the reason why Eckler has a cult following and the reason why we all love him is because for the last two seasons three seasons we were drafting him in the 10th the 15th rounds yeah that's why we loved him that's why we loved Austin Eckler he was the perfect when Gordon was there he was your perfect late round running back you know what I mean um but now I mean at 210 I just don't see where his ceiling is from there no and I also have we talked a little bit early, but Kittle, I picked 24 yeah. overall, so second-round pick. And then 34 players later, you can get Mark Andrews in the fifth yeah. round. It, it just doesn't make it. Like does it, we, like you said, we love Kittle. Didn't, was 
medium, like finished his rookie year strong, strong second year, third year, kind of had some injuries and everything, was still good per game, but man, that's a lot to pay up. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those, it's one of those things where you make that pick and then no one takes a tight end after you for like three rounds and you're like, oh crap, like I did that. Yep. Yeah. That, that's what it seemed like. So reverse of that, uh, what player lasted on the board the longest that you felt should have been taken earlier? Yeah. So, and there's a little bit of hindsight, hindsight bias in this, but like, I, I don't know what happened in my notes for Cam Newton. Like, he went at sixteen twelve. I, this was before he was signed by the Patriots, but we all knew he was going somewhere. Yeah. So in a twelve team super flex, for him to go after Mitch Trubisky, for him to go after Tyrod Taylor, you know, for him to go after Jalen Hurts. I mean, I don't know. Sixteen twelve is really late in a super flex. That that's really late. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of surprising. I actually kind of went a similar route. I actually went the all the tight ends we talked about in the eighth round i know cam was a lot later but we saw darnold stafford cousins and jimmy garoppolo all last until the eighth round which was kind of surprising and i was happy because i i waited but there are five six and maybe it's the starting three wide receivers maybe it is just things are different and DLF ADP sometimes versus the real world when you're out there, but you can wait and end up with players like that. How about a favorite late round pick on your team and by anyone else in the draft besides your team that went in round 15 or later? So definitely someone else's team. I just, I love the Cam Newton pick at 16, 12. I think I was just, I must've been asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Um, but my favorite late round pick on my team was um, Marvin Jones. I took Marvin Jones at sixteen point eight. That's pick hundred and eighty eight. His ADP is one thirty two. So I don't know, like four rounds later than his ADP. Um, again, I ended up with a, a a really young team in this draft. So guys like Marvin Jones just kind of helped me bridge um, yeah. some of the younger guys. Um, he helps me with CD Lamb even if it's just a couple games, but, um, you know, I just, I was really happy to get him that late. I also loved your, and it's really in the same breath as that. I really liked your, your golden tape pick. He was on my board for the following round, but you had taken him. Um, I took Marvin Jones at sixteen eight. You took golden Tate, um, around later. And, uh, yeah, I really liked that pick too. Yeah. I actually almost had, Marvin Jones as my favorite, not my own team pick, but my favorite team pick is, as you said, Golden Tate. We're just gushing over each other because we're such <laughs> good analysts. Uh, analysts. <laughs> analysts. Uh, but, I mean, Golden Tate, his ADP is 12th round, 153. I took him 215 at the end of the 17th round. He was 27th last year, <laughs> points per game. They didn't really add anyone in the draft. He averaged eight targets per game after his uh, suspension for drugs that he used to try to have a child. So I thought it yeah. might make sense in this episode. Not that you I had to use I, drugs. He but... should he should have just called me. <laughs> just came in there and did it for him, huh? <laughs> I mean, he's going to be a flex starter with a solid floor next year. I don't. He, I don't 
plan on him being on my team for the next five years, but when you're getting a starting flex wide receiver three in the 12th round or in the 17th round, I can't really argue with that. And I would, like I said, I was going to go with Marvin Jones, but I decided on uh, tight ends waiting later for tight ends. And one of them you took Chris Herndon. Yeah. I mean, these are like super late, like, 18, what, what? 19, 20, 21, 22 round. We saw Herndon, Ebron, Najoku, Everett, Knox from Buffalo, Blake Jarwin. I mean, you can get all of these wide receivers in rounds where you're like, I don't want any of these players. And if you grabbed one or two or th- maybe one or two of the younger wide receiver or tight ends we talked about earlier, and then – you're in these later rounds. You're like, well, I'll take a chance on Herndon or Njoku. Maybe he gets traded another team or Everett or Knox in mm-hmm. Buffalo. I mean, these are all great late round tight ends to take a shot on your roster. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if you had a position in the draft like this, but I really punted tight end. Um, I took Dallas Goddard at 11, five, and then I didn't come back to the tight end board until Herndon at 17, five. And I was, I really wanted Herndon. And I was um, really sweating that out in the 17th round because Goddard's not even a starter on his team. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there in a 17th round without a tight end, too. Um, yeah, I was. that was a position I punted maybe a little too hard. I think my starters are Jacecki and Irv Smith. So I, don't, <laughs> I wasn't too far behind you. Yeah. Uh, yeah bring it up here yeah Jacecki. i did grab uh greg olson later zoma yeah so and i um i ended up with because people are so obsessed with handcuffs and I, i'll never understand why but you know someone took adam troutman at 17.9 and I'm, I'm a big adam troutman fan as much as you can be for a rookie tight end which is you know a tempered excitement um but I ended up taking Eno Benjamin at 19.5. And the guy who has, I guess, Drake was immediately sent me a message. And he was like, what do you want for Eno Benjamin? I'm like, what? I never thought I'd receive that message. <laughs> Seventh round so, pick. Yeah, well, so I, I, I ended up grabbing Troutman, who he took two rounds earlier for him. Because um, I, I really don't have much of a use for Eno Benjamin. He was just kind of there. Yeah. So how about uh, a favorite early round pick on your team that you were excited to get and how about anyone else in the draft that you saw drafted a little bit earlier like top 10 8 8 10 rounds that you're like oh man that was pretty good value yeah sure so okay i and this is and i'm just going to preface this and i know we've talked about it but rookie fever rookie fever rookie fever i just can't wait for clyde edwards Alaire in that offense yeah and I took him at two eight, which is probably even above his ADP. But um, in a full PPR with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, um, I'm just really excited to see what that looks like. And I, I believe I took him at running back nine. And I mean, I think that's, I think that's, unless he monumentally face plants, um, and we know that landing spot is the most important thing for a running back um i just i don't see how he loses i don't see how he doesn't gain value from there but i it's just exciting i guess if we're favorite can also mean exciting if we're talking synonyms um i'm very excited i'm very excited for that 
What about you? Yeah, uh, mine was DJ Shark mm-hmm. at uh, pick five eleven. He went after Cup, Diggs, Woods, Ridley, Lamb, and Judy, two of the rookies we were talking about. I think he is an alpha wide receiver. Um, I would actually been okay if I went like for some reason RB heavy and a quarterback. If somehow Shark ended up as my wide receiver one, I wouldn't be like, oh, my team is screwed. He's only 23. He's in yeah. his third year. He'll continue to grow with Minshew. I mean, when Minshew was in there, they uh, he, he was good. I mean, he was wide receiver one. He was mm-hmm. a wide receiver one. He put up wide receiver one numbers. I have that J- Jay Gruden should help the offense. I don't I don't know what's going to happen with Jay Gruden after some of the Redskins stuff that came out. But it's, no, whoa. The Washington football team. The Washington football team. Some of the news that's that came they, out. That's what they're going with it now. So. No, I love the shark pick, honestly. I, I loved your Galladay shark Kirk stack there. Um, I, would, I would be fine if I went – running back, running back, running back, running back, and I ended up with Shark and Kirk as my wide receivers one and two, I wouldn't lose any sleep over that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, we weren't sure. Like, we kind of missed I, – I feel like I missed on his prospect profile a little bit coming out. Yeah, but, huge. Me too. I mean, he was – his rookie year, he didn't do much, but he was really good last year. And you watch the film, he's, just, he's big, strong, and fast. Yeah. I mean, he, he has everything you need to be an alpha. So Best case scenario, he grows with Minshew. Worst case scenario, they f- finish as a bottom five team and he gets Justin Fields. And garbage time all year. Yeah, that's he'll get the Allen Robinson, Blake Bortles garbage time. It's a win-win. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up our... startup draft information and we actually had a listener question don't say actually <laughs> and any other listeners we've, out there. we've we had hundreds of listener questions that we went through um but you know just because of the time we have left in this podcast and uh well past my bedtime here um we can get to the best listener question the best listener question coming from tyler <laughs> Not related. <laughs> we don't say our last names. Uh, in a startup or rookie drafts, how much does division play into your player evaluation? I'd say in a... Um, let's start... Since in, we went through the startup, let's start with the startup. Do, do you even think about the division? No. no. I mean, we're thinking In Dynasty, about... I would say uh, like zero. Maybe maybe 1%. Maybe if I was... um, I don't know. Maybe if I was between two wide receivers and one of them played in a division with Patrick Mahomes and someone else, and the other one played in like the AFC North before Lamar Jackson won the ground and pound cold games, like maybe I'd be like, uh, or I guess the NFC North would be a better, you know, I don't know. Maybe I would be like, hey, let's get some pass happy, but I really don't think about it too much. Redraft is, I think redrafts, it's a, it's a big deal, but dynasty. Not so much. Yeah, I mean, it, it can definitely have a short-term bump in uh, Dynasty. Um, I guess I'm I'm thinking of Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. If he would have went to a different division, we know his 
you know, I think it more comes into a whenever I think about the team evaluation. I think about the Carolina Panthers, and what do I say about the Carolina? What do we say about the Carolina Panthers? They, they suck. Have, they, oh, they, suck. they have good weapons. Their yeah, defense is going to be bad, and they play in a division where there's going to be a lot of shootouts. So whenever I look at a startup and a player that I'm considering, and there's a lot of the things we talked about, the inputs. And one of the inputs is team inputs. And I think my part of my te- team input analysis is what division they play in and the teams they're playing. The NFC South is, is really fun right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're right. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, his, his weakness is probably his deep game and Carolina puts the best yak around him in the league probably. So I mean, that's perfect for him. I mean, he can get the ball out and shorten intermediate passes, and DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey can gain a billion yards after. Yeah, and we think about the division they play in. They're going to play the Saints twice a year, the Bucks twice a year, and the Falcons, right, twice a year. And their and their defense is horrible. And their defense is horrible. So, Especially for rookies, I don't know. Does it play much of an effect for rookies? No, because no. – it changes so much year after year after year. We're looking at rookies, especially rookies in three years. Uh, but I think in a startup, maybe when you're looking at individual player valuations, how you feel about certain players, I think when you're doing a team evaluation is where it kind of comes into effect more. So, and it that's just kind of a natural thing, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Is Sam Darnold? The Jets aren't good. Gase is crazy, but. The Patriots have a top five defense in the league. The Bills have a top five defense in the league, and he Mm. plays them two times a year. So is our natural evaluation of him based on playing two great defenses four times a year? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely stinks, especially when you're looking at week week 16, your playoff matchups, and you're like, oh, crap, I've got Darnold as my QB too, and he's going up against the Patriots. He's seeing ghosts out on the field. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and I think – I think we can probably both agree that one of kind of the uh, dynasty mistakes people make when they first get into dynasty is worrying too much about things like um, a, a team construct or a, maybe a division problem. Cause these divisions change all the time. Um, elite defenses change all the time. The Legion of boom was lasted for three, two years. Jacksonville's defense yeah. lasted for two years. We're seeing Denver's defense on the Yeah. Um, and then we do the same thing with players too. We say, "Oh man, I really like I really like AJ Brown, but he plays for Tennessee. I really like Juju, but AB and Martavis are there." I mean, the, you just learn so you get burned in dynasty by worrying too much about the divisional situation, the team situation. I mean, you know, so yeah, yeah. Certain positions, like we talked about before, you base more around talent of the players. Other positions, you do have to like a running back. You do have to worry a little bit more about the team yeah definitely and that relies more on the quarterback offensive line a lot of those things and the defenses they're playing definitely play a role in that so i think yeah like we like we said i think for team evaluation it kind of rolls into that for dynasty football definitely Mm -hmm. definitely so if anyone else has listener questions Mm -hmm. feel free to hit us up on twitter at dynasty in depth that's me. And what are you again? I'm Dynasty underscore Ryan. Dynasty underscore Ryan. Follow him. 
yeah dynasty underscore ryan you're trying to get those up right you got to put yeah, pictures of your yeah. baby out there or something yeah i'm working on it I don't get know. those that, numbers it, up boy do people do that is that something people do i don't know i put pictures of my dog out and i get like more followers <laughs> from that all right <laughs> well thanks for tuning in this has been a little bit longer episode than we anticipated uh ryan stayed up thank you for joining us and thank you for listening i think I don't know. We're going to continue on some of the rookies after yeah, this, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. We've got a rookie draft coming up uh, in two days also, so maybe we'll recap that as well. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. we got the rookie draft after that. Thanks for tuning in. Wear your masks and stay yeah. safe out there. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks, everyone.